This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Foam Surgeons in Hattiesburg, and Wilt Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Well, have you ever wondered, how do I do that? Well, today on Everyday Tech, we're going to tackle some of your everyday tech questions, from emails and social media to even those confusing home assistant devices. Plus, we're taking your personal tech questions. Now, to be a part of the show, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. Only on MPB Think Radio. Donating your change to MPB just got better. Visit mpbonline.org slash support. Change donors are now change sustainers with instant benefits like passport streaming video and home delivery of our fine-tuning program. If you'd like to give a set amount every day, now you can. Donations are charged directly to your card, which means you can earn points and a tax deduction. Visit mpbonline.org slash support and become an MPB change sustainer today. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Good morning. This is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Foam Surgeons in Hattiesburg, and Wilts Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Well, today on Everyday Tech, we're going to tackle some of your common Everyday tech questions, things you think you know but still have a few questions about. Now, from emails to social media to your computer and those confusing home assistant devices. Plus, we're taking your personal tech questions. So get ready to get those questions um, and those phones a ringing because we want to answer your questions today. Now, you can be a part of the show today by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can always email us. The address is everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Well, good morning, fellas. Good morning. We're, we're fella this morning. Well, I think uh, Jeremy's in, a little slow coming in with us. I was in including Java because he had his headphones oh, okay. on. But, hey, you know. there we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm here. Hey, how's it going, guys? See, Java's going to be our um, resident fill-in. Um, if you are out or Jeremy's out, I'm going to use my resident tech. I like it. I like it. Everybody needs a little cup of Java in the morning. I know. <laughs> I didn't think about Kevin downstairs, our IT guy. Oh, my goodness. I just put that out there. Yeah, we, got pl- we got plenty of uh, <laughs> well, I've already been technological uh, information. Savvy. Right here. I know, I know. I've been hollering at our new, you know, Baron over there. He said he'll guest host with me one day. So, oh, hey, wow. we're going we're to we're shake it up. Especially when we do social media tech, we're going to um, yeah. definitely use him as a guest. That's a very good idea. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Wilts. All right. Well, um, today we're going to talk about, and we want you to be a part of the show. Today we're answering questions, questions that you talk about every day or you think you know. I'm talking about how do you set up an email? How do you clear your email? How do you set up folders in your email? We're talking about how do you set up an IG account? How do you set up a Facebook account? Questions on your computers. Think Any question you have that you may think you know the answer or should know the answer to, we're going to try to tackle today because you think about it. Those are things that people don't even talk about anymore. Lord, I hope I know the answer to it. I mean, uh, uh, you no, should, no, pres- no pressure here, no, Michelle. No, no, no. And if you're out there and you have a phone or you have a computer or you have a printer or anything that you have a question about, how do you do that? Or you're figuring out how do you set something up? I have the guys right here to answer all of your questions. So, again, Give us a call today at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Well, we're going to get started, of course, with our hot topics of the week. And of course, Jeremy's not here. I put this one in for him, but you could talk about this one, Wilts. Oh yeah, the drone that they used to actually uh, help the SWAT team in order to defuse an armed standoff. We're really starting to see where drones are uh, used for a lot more than just for some really cool aerial pictures. There are so many applications that they can go in and and assist with, and this is just one of those uh, 
One of those examples you had on February 8th, a Denny's restaurant was the site of a nearly 12-hour armed standoff where a man started at 5 a.m. with a cup of coffee, but later he ended up pulling a gun on one of the uh, one of the employees there. And um, so, you know, the police went ahead and deployed and utilized the drone in order to get around and to get some vision and to see what was going on, take pictures of the suspect. And, you know, luckily it was able to actually assist in there. So we're seeing these things going from being in the toy aisle to being in the, um, you know, in the tool aisle, I guess you could say. And I believe this story caught my attention because that is what we're talking about. I know Jeremy talks about uh, drones a lot, but drones are really, 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 I mean, they're making an impact on people's lives. Uh, they apprehended the uh, suspect. No one was hurt. They got in, got aerial pictures. They were using tear gas, and they wanted to make sure that they wouldn't um, hurt anyone else. They wanted to make sure uh, to see exactly where the um, perpetrator was in the building, and the drone helped them do that. It also helped them, helped them to uh, detect um um the tear gas they were looking at thermal sensors and things like that <coughs> mm-hmm. excuse me yeah i mean that you said there's so many options that are there uh, uh again improving vision you know uh just making sure that you're doing the right things cuz you know i mean that's that's it at the end of the day i mean that's i think if we had any any law enforcement officers and those on here i mean you know ultimately they don't want anybody to get hurt that's what mm-hmm. they're out there for mm-hmm. and and you know this is just an example of being able to use tools and technology in order to to accomplish that mission. Also, the next story is really interesting. We actually talked about this last year. Remember, we were talking about, because we got wind of FedEx thinking about using, uh, no, we were talking about drones. Yeah, using, Amazon talking about using, using the drones, drones for to, uh, packages. Now, get this. FedEx unveils a non-autonomous delivery robot. Now, today, they actually announced today that their new robot called FedEx SaneBot which uh, could help make last-mile deliveries more efficient. They're going to roll it out later this year. Now, so experimenting with robots for short-range deliveries. What do you think about that? You know, I, 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 I don't know. I have to kind of scratch my head on this one a little bit. You know, they're saying it's got about a top speed of about 10 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and it's basically a battery-powered, battery powered, kind of like a mm-hmm. pedestrian-style robot, I guess, mm-hmm. probably for your more uh, densely populated areas. Right. They're going to use it first in their um, offices, well, in their building. So right. throughout their company, they're going to use the robot to send packages throughout different departments in FedEx. That's smart. Now, if it works right there, they're going to use it for other companies inside, like Nissan. You know, it makes sense if you uh, instead of walking all the way to the other side of Nissan, they use a robot to send um, an envelope or package to another uh, side of the you know, the uh, facility. I, I can like kind of that. I just, I don't know if I want a robot walking down the street with my uh, mm-hmm. my my latest purchase because you know somebody could uh, somebody could mug the robot. You know, I mean. <laughs> but you know what? The, the, the fence mechanism on a robot. Let's see how uh, technical they'll make it, huh? Well, that's true. I mean, I'm in flashback to my uh, you know I'm a big Star Wars fan. I can mm-hmm. almost see like the R two D two out there. Somebody comes up, tries to steal the package. Maybe a little shock going mm-hmm. on. You know, mm-hmm. uh, shoot out a little safety net to. Uh, to put the perpetrators at bay, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. It's really interesting they where did. they're going with a lot of this. And then they said, uh, like I said, if these trials are successful, they want to expand their services to other companies and retailers, eventually making robots a standard part of its same-day delivery service. So not like two-day packages, but same-day delivery. So yeah. hopefully, like you said, people won't start, like, I see a robot. Let me just take the package, see what it is. I hope people, you know, don't do that, but yeah, who knows? Well, you know. People. Uh. <laughs> well, we have some callers at the top of the show. I've never mm-hmm. done this, so I'm going to go ahead and take a few callers this morning, and then we'll take our first break. Good morning, Alan. Oh, Michelle, how you doing? I'm Will, doing uh, well. Java. And Jeremy, when he gets there, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I need some help this morning, so uh, uh, I, I'm hoping y'all can help me. You guys know I... I tend not to be a big fan of, of upgrades and stuff just because mm-hmm. they always they always change the way I've always already learned how to do things. But I, I, I ran that malware bike, anti-malware program the other day because I was getting some kind of indication I might have had a bug in my system. And it, it prompted me. It said, you you need to upgrade. Uh, you know, your system's out of date. I, I, so, I mean, I went ahead and did it. And now what it did, it downloaded the premium version that's a trial period that's it's ticking down and i get uh 
and I was running the free version, and I'll be dogged if I can find how to turn off the the premium version and go back to a free version. I, I did a Google search and and try, you know, I found some things, but I'm not sure the thing I found actually it still applies for the latest version. And uh, I, I just need some help from some sighted folks that can, can find out what I can do to get a free version back. I don't know if I need to go in and download it again, or if there's if there's some box I can tick that says. Uh, yeah, no. Forget about this this premium version. I just, I just want the free version back. So that's what I need some help with. So, well, Alan, uh, there is actually a box you can check. I run into that same thing every time you update the dang program. It wants to give you another thirty days of their trial, and and it's really kind of yeah. gotten a little aggravating. They're trying to really they're trying to really hard to upsell that. Which, you know, oh, full sure. disclaimer, yeah. I will say. I mean, Malwarebytes is a wonderful program, um, right. but. That, in my opinion, has been the downfall of a lot of wonderful programs that started off free, and that is uh, what I would basically call nagware. Don't don't keep bugging me with this. If I want to sure. buy you, I'll buy you. Um, yeah. Now, unfortunately, I do not have my laptop in front of me, but right. uh, on the bright side, I do have your email address. And if anybody else is curious on this as well, please send in an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. But I will right. shoot you over the, uh, the actual instructions on that because it is a checkbox, but I'm just – being 100% honest, I don't have it in front of me to tell you where that's at, but as soon as I get back to my computer, I'll make sure I'll get that complete with some screenshots and shoot it your way. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks so much, and glad you're back this week. All right. Hey, thank you, Alan. We missed you. Okay. Thank you, Alan, so much. We're going to take our first break, and when we get return, we're going to, I promise, John, we're going to get you on the phone and get your question. And also, we're going to talk about questions that you have about computers, emails, um, just anything you have a question about. If it's tech, give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us. The address is everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. This is Everyday Tech, only on MPB Think Radio. to a radio? Well, don't worry. MPB Think and Music Radio are available online and on our MPB public media app. It's simple. Just log on to our website at mpbonline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, and you're listening to Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Woods Contreras and Jeremy Thompson via Skype. And today's topic is, how do I do that? Well, we're answering those questions you may or might not have when it comes to technology. Plus, we're taking your personal tech questions. So give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 1- 877-672-7464. Or you can reach us by email. The address is everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Well, as I promised, we're going to go to Hattiesburg and speak with John. Good morning, John. Good morning. Thanks for calling the show. You have a question or comment this morning? Well, it's have a, a Surface Pro 3 running Windows 10. And it will not charge. It, you can plug it in. The light comes on on the charger. Uh, either the computer will say plugged in but not charging. It up and can't seem to get any help. Well, you know, this is actually uh, we have quite a few Surface Pros at the office, and we have run across this problem quite a few times. And usually, what has actually ended up fixing it for us has been. An update, and it uh, there are some specific updates that sometimes Windows Update does not grab properly. So what we had to actually do is go to the Microsoft site itself, Microsoft.com, and look specifically for Surface and whichever version of the Surface Pro you're running. Um, so like say Surface Pro three updates. And there are some specific, and what they're called is firmware. It's actually for the hardware of the device that you have to actually download and install. Um, 
So that's what we had to actually do to fix it, and that took care of it. Like I said, we were seeing that widespread across quite a few of our devices. And if you would like, um, for you or any other listeners running into that same kind of problem, if you will shoot me an email, I can send you at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. I can send you a specific link back to where it was that we found those drivers, and we'll get that taken care of for you. Because, that, yeah, that, that was actually a software fix on the bright side. It wasn't anything broken on our surface. It was actually just an update that was needed. All right. Well, thank you, John, from Hattiesburg. Hopefully that will um, get you started with getting your computer charged, and I hate that. Oh, yeah, that was uh, – and, and, again, I mean, we fought that thing. You know, it, it was quite a while until we finally actually discovered that because that was so aggravating. It's like, okay, you're plugged in. Your light's on. You've got – you've obviously got power. The battery's not bad. Mm-hmm. Why are you not charging? And it was just – it was the way something – you know. Windows is constantly putting out updates, and something with that hardware and that device just didn't it, it needed an update. And is that um, the same, just say, with your phone and things like that? If you know your phone is, you know, your charger is good, you just bought it. It's not an old charger. It's not frail or, you know, frayed or anything. Right. If your phone is not charging, what else could it be? Well, sometimes that could actually be the battery itself. That's the thing with a lot of, especially with these smaller devices such as phones and tablets, they have much smaller batteries in there. And what will end up happening is, you know, it's like with a lot of things, eventually the life wears out of them just a little bit. Mm. Um, I mean, I've had to replace quite a few batteries here recently. You know, uh, Jeremy kind of inspired me to learn how to do that. Mm So um, luckily on on your phones, I know, especially I know, I know at least on your iPhone, you can actually go into settings and go to battery and it actually has a battery health check. It'll tell you if your battery is wearing out. Um, but you're absolutely right. You got to also look at the cable. You know, if you have a mm-hmm. good cable, um, what I used to tell folks before you actually assume that it's the battery going out, what you want to try to do is maybe if a friend has another cable, try it on another cable, try it on another plug or outlet just to make sure you don't have a, a really simple problem, such as a bad cable or a bad, you know, adapter. All right. Well, phone lines are lit up. We're going to go to Frank in Flowood. Good morning, Frank. Thanks for calling in this morning. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on the FedEx robot thing. Mm-hmm. That when I was going to Millsaps in the early 70s, I worked part-time at St. Dominic's Hospital. And they had robots there that went everywhere and delivered everything. They were called AMS carts. Really? Right. They had the medicine in them? You Sometimes we delivered medicine. Sometimes we delivered charts. Sometimes we delivered surgical supplies. Just whatever had to get from one department to another, you would spin the dial on the machine to uh, tell it where it was going and push the button and off it would go. It had their own elevators and their own tunnels. And when they got where they were going, they would sit there and beep until you took whatever they had, whatever they were delivering off and sent them off to the next place. That is extra. I have never heard of that, but that is really awesome. I've seen them. Do they use them um, still in the hospitals? I don't know. I try to stay away from hospitals. These days. <laughs> Amen. We'll, well, have to ask, we'll have to ask the next show, see if they, you know. Yes. Well, thank you, Frank, for that uh, bit of robot history. I like that. I like that. Thanks for listening to the show. All right. We're going to move on to uh, Mikey in Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, good morning. Thank you for answering for me, I hope. Um, uh, I know we're uh, on the we're coming on the bottom side of hurricane season. But we, that that's why we need to start thinking about it now, right? Oh yeah, definitely. So, um drones, uh, I'm particularly interested in drones because they might be applicable to a situation that I have. However, I also need a lot of, of schooling um regarding electronics. Um Drones in and after hurricanes, uh, can they be wind and solar powered? Backup electronics needed what kind? Computers, phone, batteries, and, and what kinds of those? And if you purchase a new computer, a new phone, uh, or batteries for uh, wind and solar powered stuff, um, what kind of projected life expectancy? In other words, you don't want to buy something that's going to out, you know, you want something that's going to outlive you, right? <laughs> um, if you're in that situation, what kind of projected life expectancy for something you can buy now? Well, you know, then that's, um, that's definitely a very, question. yeah, that's definitely relative. Oh, hey, I got Jeremy in here, which is hey, Mr. Jeremy. Drone Expert. So why don't I let <laughs> hey, you take this you one guys. over? Hey. <laughs> I'm going to um, pitch this uh, one down to Hattiesburg. I had to uh, ask, why do you want to fly a drone during a hurricane? Well, because I have a property uh, that is uh, 
prone to river, yeah, prone to river flooding. Okay, um, flying a drone in a hurricane is not a good idea. Um, I think you're going to lose your drone. Um, drones are very lightweight, so when there's heavy winds outside, it's not a good idea to fly drones. So uh, during a hurricane, not likely, not yet. Um, after the hurricane, sure, no problem. Um, as long as you're not within uh, five miles of an airport, you should be safe to uh, to fly your drone and uh, observe the damage. Um Regarding your other question about, uh, I believe it was the batteries and how long to expect them to last, uh, typically three to five years if you maintain them properly. Not for the drone itself, but to, to rework an entire electronics backup system. Can you use wind and solar power for that sort of a thing? I mean, I thought that, I mean, I appreciate your answer, but I thought that it was pretty obvious that having lived through bunches of hurricanes, but it's, you know, a dr something that's built like a big spider ain't going to live <laughs> through, through a hundred and something hour winds if that's happening. Um, uh, but what kind of computer, phone, and the battery backup, will wind and solar do the battery backup that's necessary if you have been unfortunate enough to have been attacked by hurricanes? It would really depend on, you know, it's like with a lot of things, are we talking about smaller consumer grade? Are we talking about the very, very, you know, it's, um, it's as, it's, that's a very open-ended, I mean, yeah, if you were willing to put thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into something, you probably could build something up to the point of actually being able to support that. But, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about some of these smaller consumer grade things, I just, I think that's just, there's too many variables in there. Jeremy? Yeah, this is supposed to be everyday tech. We can't we can't walk to the store and buy one of these. But uh, as far as collecting the energy goes, wind, solar, whatever uh, whatever you're allowed to do, whatever uh, you know legally you can do on your property uh, safely, uh, uh, wind or solar, they both collect the energy. It's stored in batteries. So whatever kind of system you want to disperse that through, uh, you can definitely set up. But it's definitely beyond the scope of what we typically discuss on this show. All right. Thank you, Mikey, for those interesting questions. Uh, hopefully you will not be hit with a, a hurricane this year and uh, stay safe. We're going to move to Diane, who has a question about transferring files. How do I do that? Ah. <laughs> Good morning, Diane. Good morning. You have a question or a comment this morning? A question. I want to move files from an old PC to a laptop. What's the best way to do that? Um, as far as moving from an older PC, how old are we talking here? Uh, it is 12 years old. Okay, so it's running Windows XP? Correct. Okay. Um, does it still come on? Yes. Okay, if it still comes on, then I would say the best way or the easiest way would be to get an external drive and hook it up through USB and uh, just copy it that way to the new machine. Okay. And not put it on a, a zip drive. Uh, well, uh, USB drives are, uh, I guess, the equivalent of a zip drive um, or, or an external drive. You, you, Depending on how much data you have, I recommend an external just because if you have a lot of data, you'll be able to move it all in one go. If you have a smaller uh, flash drive or thumb drive, um, it may take you a few passes to get all the information off. And what is a large amount of data? What would you consider a large amount? Well, ma'am, these days I've seen so much it's kind of surprised me. But um, I would say on a Windows XP computer, probably uh, anything in excess of uh, 30 gigabytes or more. Okay. I don't think I have that much. I have most of well, pictures can take up a lot of data, but pictures from those days were much lower quality, so they didn't take up near as much space unless you were shooting in like a raw format. Um, you would have to check on your computer and see what the what the capacity of those folders are. Uh, a good bird's eye view that you could do would be to go to my computer, and you can look. Uh, you can right click on your uh, C drive, and you can go to properties, 
and you can actually get a pie graph that will tell you how much of your drive space is actually occupied versus how much is free. And you can use that to give yourself a rough estimate of what size drive that you might need. Now, keep in mind, um, all the used space that comes up will not be files that you want to copy to a flash drive or a, an external drive because Windows has a bunch of system files and stuff that you won't need anymore. So you won't see an exact size, but you'll get a rough estimate. Okay. So let me just repeat so I'm clear. Some kind of external drive, if I have at least 30 gigabytes, then I probably need more than just the thumb drive. I mean, or you can go get any any thumb drive. Okay. So I could load some on, put it on the PC, erase them the, for what it would do, then load over some more. Do I need several? Yeah, well, yeah, like if, you, was, if you want to take the – sorry, Wilts, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, you know, talking about size-wise, I mean, I was actually just – I just got an article a little bit earlier today. Amazon is having some huge storage sale price. They had a 32-gig thumb drive for $5.51. Um, you know, so if you were 30 gigs or below, I mean, you're talking about 5 bucks to get a thumb drive. If you're a, if you were above 128 gig at that point, I would say you definitely need a big drive, but – um, yeah, so the, so some of the thumb drives out there are really, 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 really cheap. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Diane. Uh, if you have any further questions, you can always email us at um, everydaytech at mpbonline.org, and we will try to get those ask questions answered for you. We're going to take our second break of the show, and when we return, we're going to continue asking the age-old question, how do I do that? Plus, we're going to return with John. I believe he has a second part of his question. Uh, Wilts, you were ans answering John's question, but he's back on the line. We're going to get him back and talk about some, um, oh, finish answering his question. Again, if you have questions about emails, about, um, we're going to talk about Instagram and Facebook a little bit later in the show. But if you have questions about your computer printers or any questions, please give us a call today. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 877-672-7464 or again you could always email us at mpbonline.org that's everydaytech at mpbonline.org stay tuned this is Everyday Tech only on MPB Think Radio Running a business requires smart decisions every day. Make a good decision for your company today and reach MPB listeners through MPB program underwriting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting. Donating your change to MPB just got better. Visit mpbonline.org slash support. Change donors are now change sustainers with instant benefits like passport streaming video and home delivery of our fine-tuning program. If you'd like to give a set amount every day, now you can. Donations are charged directly to your card, which means you can earn points and a tax deduction. Visit mpbonline.org slash support and become an MPB change sustainer today. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, here with our tech experts, Wilt Couture and Jeremy Thompson. Now, if you're just joining the show today, we've been discussing how do I do that? We've been tackling some of your common tech questions. We've had questions about computers. We've had questions about files. Uh, if you have a question about emails or anything that you think you know, but you really have a question about, give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 877 Or you can email the show. The address is everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Well, before the break, we spoke with John, and he had a part two to his question. We're going to go back to John. Good morning, John. Thanks for calling back in. Um, we're going to finish up with your question you had earlier. Okay, well, I, the, the Surface Pro 3 with Windows 10 and, and not charging, but the problem is it's not my device. Somebody brought it to me. Uh, and now the battery is completely dead, so what do I need to do? Come see Jeremy. Uh, actually, we uh, we do not work on those because they are almost unserviceable. Um, at this point, uh, it would be best to contact Microsoft or potentially look at maybe getting uh, uh, another tablet. 
Uh, those surfaces are really nice. Uh, they run really well, but gosh, when they die, they, they are very difficult to work on. Um, unless it's like a screen replacement or something, we actually we, we don't deal with it simply because uh, a replacement battery may not fix it. And those parts are so difficult to get in hand that if we order one and we put it in and it doesn't work, we have to go through the trouble of sending it back. And it's just more cumbersome than we want to deal with, especially because we don't see that many of them. Uh, okay, well, thank you a lot. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you. And, just, and just to give a plug for Jeremy, Jeremy actually swapped up and, and changed a, uh, a screen out in a Surface Pro for, for us. So, yes, he does do that and does that very well, by the way. Shout out to Thank Jeremy. You. Shout out uh, to the Jeremy. <laughs> Next one. Oh, hey, guys, before uh-huh. uh, we, we had a caller and we were telling him about flash drives. And Wilt said there was a big sale out there. I just wanted to caution everybody because there's two sales out there. One of them that looks like a really good deal and it's not. And one of them that looks like a really good deal and it is. Uh, yesterday I was at Best Buy actually, and I looked over at the uh, rack with the flash drives, and they had like a five pack of 16 gig drives, and I was like, man, that you know for twenty dollars that's a good deal. And then I noticed that it said USB 2.0. So what? What? Yeah, what we're experiencing right now is that a lot of people that manufacture just you know warehouses full of these flash drives are still trying to push them off because they still have stock to do that. So. You need to be careful when you're buying a new flash drive. You might see one that's a really good deal, but it might be a USB 2.0 drive, and it's going to be slow as Christmas when it comes to copying files to it. That's well, you know, as fast know. as this year is going, Christmas will be here before we know it. But you're absolutely right. <laughs> oh, if you're looking you know at that, that metaphor doesn't work anymore, does it? We, we got to, <laughs> yeah. or that simply doesn't work anymore. It's just going to be super slow copying your data and possibly reading it as well. A USB 3.0 or even 3.1 drive, which is backwards compatible with all the other versions of USB, so you should be able to use it even on an older computer, with rare exception, would be a much better deal than buying a five pack of USB 2.0 drives. Yes, indeed. And Jeremy, let me just be the first one to tell you Merry Christmas my friend <laughs> you guys are funny we're going to move to uh, Louisville Kentucky uh, and speak with Chuck good Chuck, morning Chuck. Chuck come in here and save us man for my bad jokes <laughs> good morning Chuck you're on the air you have a question okay, to comment yeah, I'm in Independence Mississippi oh Independence oh. Mississippi okay okay um, it's kind of a long question I've been dealing with a 256 gigabyte SD card I haven't been able to find any way to format that. Um, I know you have to have a special program for anything over the 128 gigabyte. And what I was trying to do was format that or download a program into my Android that would help me format that um, file. Well, you, whenever you, if, you, if you download the Windows file, it's a uh, 4.4 gigabyte for the ISO um Windows 10, and then I was going to use that to rejuvenate my computer to bring my laptop back around. Do you understand where I'm going? Yes. Um, you would be much better off using a USB drive to do that, though. And I was trying to find a USB adapter that would go for the 256 gigabyte, and I haven't been able to find uh, anything, even, even any card readers. Most of the 72-in-1s and everything, nothing will go for the 256 Okay, so... If you're just trying to rejuvenate your computer, though, you don't need a drive of that size. Are you trying to actually run Windows off of this drive? I just want to – yes, I want to get that's – it, that's it also. Where I'll be able to plug in the thumb drive to other uh-huh. computers and then open it up and have my RAM right okay. there, the 256. All right, so um, you're going to have to have uh, – two different disks if you want to do that because one one's going to just operate as an installation disk and the other one is going to operate as your actual windows disk there wouldn't be a way to partition that i mean there would but you would have trouble booting the disk you uh, you're going to talk you're talking about some pretty special software it's definitely possible to do that um there are programs out there that will let you do uh multi-boot loaders on usb drives for windows um, just Google multi-boot loader. Uh, they're out there. Uh, as far as doing it on a 256 gigabyte SD card with a USB adapter, I think you're just complicating things, my friend. I think you should get just a regular USB drive, and your experience will be much, much easier as far as getting the computer to recognize the drive and also being able to uh, launch those multi-bootable USBs. I'm not saying you can't do it with that, but I'm saying it's just it seems like it's more complicated than, than just using a USB drive. 
I, I downloaded the ISO program from Windows to my Android, but it's 4.4 gigabytes, and right. the Android platform won't deal with anything over uh, 4.0. It has to be because it's FAT32, yeah, EX FAT32, anything over 4 gigabytes. I I don't quite understand your question. Did you say you're trying to run Windows on your Android phone? No, I downloaded the I downloaded the Windows program. The ISO? Yes, onto my Android phone, and then I was going to transfer okay. with, with an OTG, uh, OTG cable. So you don't have a computer that you can do any no, of this I with? No, I don't. My, my laptop's down. I don't have anything mm. else. Man, okay. Um, you can do it that way. It, it, it's it's going to be kind of tough, man, uh, because, see, the problem that you're going to run into is you have to actually burn that ISO onto that USB drive. You can't, you can't just right. put the ISO on that drive. You have to actually have a program that copies the files from the ISO to the drive. You're, I, I don't, I'm not going to say it's impossible to do it with Android, but I'm going to say it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, Android only wants to deal with 4.0 or, or 4 gigs and under. Right, and, and it's just that the the way that you're trying to do this, like that's. I don't think there's anything out there that does that. So if you want to build that and you want to sell it to people, you might have a really good idea in your hands there. <laughs> okay, I appreciate all your help. Thank you, Chuck. Um, that was an interesting question. Um, I was yeah, learning so on that one. If I could, if I could just convert things from nerd to English here, an ISO <laughs> is basically like taking a, a, a disk and putting it in a format that your computer can read and decode and burn to other disks. Okay, so what he was asking to do was have a, uh, a, a basically his drive cut in half so that he could use one part of it to install Windows which would be how you would have to burn the ISO onto that drive. You would, have to, you would have to copy it with a special program. That way, when your computer sees it, it says, okay, this drive is used to install Windows. But he also wanted to cut the drive in half so that he could run Windows on the other half, which I don't recommend. It's going to be difficult. You can do it, but it's not going to be fun. Right. Excuse me. It's not going to be fun. I'm a nerd, and you're confusing me, Jeremy. Oh, wow. You confused the nerd. <laughs> well, we're going to move on to uh, Debbie and Wesson. Good morning, Debbie. Thanks for calling in this morning. Thank you for answering my call. This is really important to me for a friend of mine, but I don't know if you guys are going to be able to help or not. So, All right. Let's go. Let's um, do it. We want to help. Uh, thank you so much. A, a friend of mine's husband died mm, close to two years ago, give or take a few months, and he had thumbprint identification on his cell phone for which she was paying. And I don't know what cell phone company it was, but anyway, she took the death certificate to the cell phone company, and they said they could not access his phone. That's so correct. She can't, yep. she can't pull off any of the family pictures or vacation pictures or anything. No. Is, is, there, is that legal? If yes. Uh, actually, it, it's totally legal. It's, it's his privacy. Uh, even though he is deceased, uh, they cannot get into his phone. That's his private device. Um, there should be now, a passcode that would have overridden that, though. Nothing actually just has just a, you know just a thumbprint. It's kind of like my phone. I have you know Face ID, but I still have a passcode I can use to get into it. There should actually be a passcode to go into that device as well. Now it is possible um, in in extenuating circumstances to uh, to send it off to a service and get them to recover the data from it, but it will not be cheap. Yeah, this is this is very similar to um, if we if, you know if you remember back a few years ago when you had the uh, the unfortunate incident that happened in San Bernardino, California, with uh, with that attack out there, and remember the FBI and everyone else were trying to get into the cell phone and going to Apple saying, hey, "Just let us into the cell phone." It's like it because of encryption nowadays and because of the security protocols in place. It's just it's not a um, you know, no matter whether Apple wanted to or not, they just couldn't. It wasn't that they weren't willing to do it; it's that they weren't able to do it. You know, be warned or anything else. That and that's kind of where this situation is now. There should still be a passcode that would get around that, though. 
Okay. That, well, that, apparently know. she doesn't know what that is. Yeah. Could, could and that be found on the phone by a service? Uh, again, it, it, somebody's going to have to hack the phone in order to get past all of that stuff. And any attempts to do it as far as brute forcing, which means just sitting there and guessing the code, is going to lock the phone. Yeah, after after ten so, attempts on most phones, you're gonna it's gonna actually if it sees ten attempts to go into it, it's gonna wipe it. You know, the same technology that is used to actually keep us safe from hackers and those who would do malicious things is the exact same technology that makes situations such as this very very difficult. Because uh, that's I, I just you know. So is uh, there no way to plug that phone up into their computer and possibly be able to? I, I don't know. I'm, right. I, I don't even have a cell phone. Generally, <laughs> the, the, phone, just unreal. Yeah. Um, the phone will not allow you to connect if you do not put the code in. You have to authorize that it is your device before it's going to allow you to access any data. I have had many people bring phones to me, be it a deceased relative, forgot my code, what have you. Um, they are getting – I mean every year they get more and more difficult to break into. And I used to be able to get past codes and stuff, but even now, I, I mean every phone is different. So it's possible there's a workaround, but it's it's not something we can tell you how to do. Um, there is a service out there called Drive Savers. You can I'm sorry, send the device how do you spell to them. That? Drive D R I V E. Oh, Drive. Okay, Drive. Mm-hmm. Drive Savers. Okay. Um, they can actually uh, look at the device and see if they can get your data off. And if they can, they will let you know and they'll quote you a price. If they cannot retrieve your data, they do not charge you anything. So it's okay. worth looking into. And keep so in Drive mind. Savers is that like dot com? Yes. Okay. And keep in mind, the service is rather expensive because these people are very talented. They use a state-of-the-art multi-million-dollar facility to do the work that they do, and they're very, very good at it. When you say very expensive, can you kind of give me a ballpark possible? Sure. We're looking Are we at talking about thousands about and thousands dollars. or tens of thousands? Or? Two, you're looking at upwards of 2000 or more dollars. That's what it costs typically for us to send off a drive to them to have data recovered. Now, because you're hacking a phone, it could be even more. Well, I appreciate that, and this may be something that she may consider, or she may just want to let that and him rest in peace. <laughs> yes. Lose pictures and, you know, whatever. But yeah. I appreciate I appreciate your taking the time to give me this information. Oh, yes, indeed. And, and this, this puts, you know, this kind of uh, brings up another really important piece to put onto that, and that is, is that, you know, um, Unfortunately, tomorrow or even the next hour is not guaranteed for any of us. When it comes to different computer devices and everything else, always make sure that someone else has, you know, um, those passwords. Be it that you keep it in maybe, like, you know, in a safe at the house or maybe, you know, like with a with a trusted friend. Uh, same thing goes for your social media accounts and everything else. I mean, you know, Facebook and the rest of them, you can actually set up for emergency recovery accounts uh, to where somebody else, like, you know, our, mine is set How up to where my will, wife and that, my mm-hmm. daughter and my best friend are actually able to unlock or get into my account should something happen to me. And same thing like with my phone. My code is known and it's it, it it's saved somewhere to where if something were to happen to me and somebody needed to get into it, they can actually still get into it. Uh, because, you know, I don't know if you heard about the story recently. There was a gentleman that passed away. I want to say it was in Canada. And he was really big into the Bitcoin and everything else. And he passed away. He's the only person with the password. And $1.4 million is basically lost for all of his investors because no one can get into it. That's the nature of this encryption, of this scrambling, and the security these days. It is made to where it can't, you know, the same things that protect us can actually harm us. And because he passed away, his wife is now, you know, having to file for bankruptcy protection because all these creditors are coming back and saying, hey, that's our money. It's like, can't do anything for you. He has a password, and he's unfortunately no longer with us. Well, that's a guys, good point. Guys, I- have we tried? One, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time for our final break of the show. But when we return, we'll continue talking about how do I do that. I'm loving the questions we've gotten today. Uh, we're going to talk about social media platforms. Uh, Wilt, you kind of 
uh, gave us a segue into that. Awesome. We're going to uh, answer those questions. How do you set up a uh, authentication uh, to, uh, what is it, to authentication? Dual factor authentication. Dual factor authentication. Also, if you something happens to you, how do you put another phone number in so someone else can get into your uh, media platforms? I love it. And we're going to talk about those home assistant devices. If you have questions on Alexa or Google Assist, give us a call. The number is one 877 mpb Ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can reach us by email. The address is everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. This is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people, only on MPB Think Radio. MPB would like to thank Daniel, Coker, Horton, and Bell and the Mississippi Healthcare Alliance for underwriting MPB programs. Your company can be an underwriter, too. Find out more. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. For moments in black history, we recognize Flonzie Brown-Wright. Flonzie Brown-Wright was one of many Mississippians who helped pioneer the civil rights movement in the South and was the first African-American female to hold public office in the state since Reconstruction as election commissioner in Madison. Flonzie Brown-Wright, pioneer, visionary, and steel magnolia. This has been MPB Moments in Black History. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, along with our tech experts, Jeremy Thompson and Wilt Couture. Now, if you're just joining us today, we've been tackling some of your everyday tech questions from emails and computers to everything in between. Now, if you'd like to be a part of our show today, give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us. The address is everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We're going to go back to the phone lines and speak with Georgia from Hattiesburg. Good morning, Georgia. Yes, I have a TV. It was purchased five years ago, although it may be six years old. It's not a smart TV. It's hooked up to cable. While we were watching it, the the visual went out. We still have the sound. Everything seems to be okay with the cable. And on the second TV, also on the cable, everything's fine with that. Is it fried or... <laughs> so it just went out while you were watching it? Correct. Okay. Um, have you tried turning your TV off and turning it back on yet? Yes. Okay. Um, have you tried unplugging your cable box and plugging it back in and then checking no, your TV? No, I haven't done that. I'll do okay, that. Okay, I would do that, and I would also check the connection. Now, because you say you were watching it and it went out, it's likely that it's not a connection. Um, but it does sound like maybe maybe restarting the old cable box might resolve the issue. All right, I will try that. Yeah, we've run into that before. We have DirecTV at the house, and every now and then it'll do little weird funky things especially when we're getting really strange weather or something um yeah they can be a little bit finicky and sometimes the old you know turn it off turn it back on again i mean you know we always it seems like it's cliche we always say that but it's amazing what it can actually fix another thing you can do also is if you do that and um and you're still not seeing anything uh depending on the tv i think uh, do you see a lot of uh backlight issues with them Jeremy, you know, like when you can kind of like look at an angle of it, if you can still see the Not, image, but no, I mean, usually like something like that is going to burn out over time. That's not going to, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. That is unlikely to happen just instantly while you're watching it. You would notice something like that degrade the, the light would go dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. Yeah. But in that case, you should be able to put a flashlight up to it and see something on the screen. No, yeah. It's completely black. And it was completely good, and then one second later, completely black. Um, it's hard to believe that your backlight would just die like that, but uh, let's try the cable box and get back to us. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank yes, you, ma'am. Georgia. Thanks for calling in. Hopefully that'll help your television come back to life. Next, we're going to move to Port Gibson and speak with our friend Linda. Good morning, Linda. 
Yes, uh, I have a question. I need to find out, is it, can you successfully transfer data uh, from uh, USB to your iPhone successfully, or can, can that be done? So uh, there are adapters that will plug into the bottom of an iPhone that also have a USB connection on them so you, that you can hook them up to a computer. Um, it is possible to go and purchase a device made specifically for that. As far as using adapters go, I'm going to say uh, that experience will be mixed depending on the quality of the adapter. But uh, there are devices out there, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. Yeah, because see, uh, I don't have uh, a laptop or a computer because it's, I had to put it in the yeah. shop. Yeah. yeah, look for the I expand. That's I letter X P A N D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a flash drive that just plugs into the bottom of the iPhone. It's got a little lightning connector on it, and then it's got USB on the other end. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to try that. I'm going to go to Vicksburg and see if, if that's available. Because uh, if to... there's... Is there a Best Buy in Vicksburg? Because I have seen these devices at Best Buy. No, we have an Office Max, Office Depot. Uh, they probably also have them at Office Depot. And then yeah. they, you don't think they have them at Walmart? I wouldn't specifically look for this at Walmart, seeing as how it's it's kind of a, a specialist thing. Um, oh. They might, but I, I, I wouldn't guarantee it. Okay, and you said the name of that was? I... I, I X, I X, yeah, but it's 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 the letter X. It's not it's not the word expand. It's I X P A N D. Okay. If you right. ask the people there for a flash drive for an iPhone, they should know what you're talking about, and they do have that item available at Office Depot. All right. Well, thank you, Linda. And we always uh, love when you call in as well. You have great questions. I want to thank everybody that called in today. We had some great questions. Um, Jeremy, I mean, Wilts, right before we get out of here, can you just tell people again how they can do those? Um, um, well, because we, we had a caller that called in and she was inquiring about the death of her friend's husband and they can't get any pictures off the phone. What's a good way to uh, make sure that can't that doesn't happen? Well, you know, one of the things that I've done with a lot of my social media accounts is adding additional people onto there. Usually now, like your Facebooks and your Instagrams, et cetera, they're going to actually have an option for recovery. They usually call it recovery options where you can actually set other friends that can actually recover your account. Uh, when it comes to passwords, passcodes, things like that, I mean, I tell a lot of folks, hey, make, make a written record of those. Maybe put them in an envelope and put them in a uh, in a maybe a fireproof safe at your house or even at a trusted friend's house, somewhere that they can actually get to that if need be. All right, all right. Well, that will do it for us today. Thank you for sharing this hour with us. If you missed part of the show or want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org or subscribe to our podcast. For Jeremy Thompson and Wilt Couture, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Up next is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy. And join us next week for another episode of Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people at 10 a.m. Only on MPB and Radio.